Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh, and this is episode number 85. This week on the show, I've got a conversation with Mike from the band The Violent. Had a great time talking with him. Um, as you guys know, I love featuring artists that are pretty much anywhere in their journey. Um, and so f- to have Mike on was really cool because he's been in a band called Red Sun Rising previously. Uh, some of you may be familiar with them. They were on a major label. They've you know had some hits and were able to do some really cool things. Um, and then, you know, they've taken their break and things happen and a new project was born. So it was really cool because for Mike, and we talk about this in the episode, it was a little bit of starting over, uh, you know, coming off of a label and starting to do things DIY again and kind of that rejuvenation that comes with uh, being in control of as much of your own stuff as you can. Um, so yeah, we talked about starting a new project, releasing music during COVID, um, the writing process during COVID and really just how the digital age has changed things, kind of what differences he sees in himself coming off the major label and into the quote unquote indie world again. Um, and it was a lot of fun to talk to him. So uh, definitely want you guys to jump over, check them out. Um, we'll have all their socials and everything linked as always. But um, before you do any of that, make sure you check out this episode. Listen to this conversation. It was a lot of fun for me. I think Mike had a good time. And I'm pretty sure you guys are going to enjoy what we talked about. So let's go ahead and dive in to my conversation with Mike from The Violent. Cool. So, uh, to start things off, I do always ask the same boring-ass question, and that's the simple introduction. Uh, just your name, what you do in the band, and just like a little background on yourself, because again, you know, you've been in the industry a while, so let people know kind of where you come from. Yeah. Awesome. Go for it. Cool. Should I go ahead and do that now? Yeah, go for it. Hey, what's up? This is Mike Frodich. Um... I'm in the violence. I'm the singer, guitarist, and bassist, and I guess whatever else we need to do. Um, I was also in a band called Red Sun Rising, um, and I was the singer and guitar player in that band as well. Um, but here I am. Awesome. So um, I kind of want to touch on you know your history a little bit. You know, being in Red Sun Rising, you guys were doing pretty good. You know, things just kind of went stagnant for you, right? And you decided that you were going to take yeah. this hiatus. And then the world basically said, fuck you to everything. Uh, COVID happened. And right. it, it really kind of gave you time to reflect and, and decide what you wanted to do, right? Yeah, I mean, I think it came, the pandemic came at probably the best time it could have uh, for me personally, because like you said, Red Sun Rising was kind of winding down and, you know, we had kind of decided that we're going to kind of go do our own things. We're going to whatever. Um, and then we started working on the violent me, Pat and Dave, who those two were also in Red Sun Rising. Um, but we had always kind of joked about doing something together. 
I think it was always us three, like hanging out. Like we were just, we were just closer, us three. And um, when the pandemic happened, we were kind of like, well, now we have to work on this because it's really the only thing we can do. Right. Um, so we just buckled down and just started working on it. That's that's pretty much what we what we did. Yeah. And I, I think the cool thing for, you know, fans, whether they've heard of, you know, Red Sun Rising or not, uh, the thing that you guys are doing that's really cool with the violent is kind of this new age of rock. It's a it's obviously rooted very heavily in rock, but you also take inspiration and, and play with the sound sonically um, and incorporate all these different things. Talk a little bit about kind of finding that for yourself that, you know, it's time for me to grow as a, a musician in this case. Right. Well, um, you know, with Red Sun Rising, if, if we would have continued on with Red Sun Rising, it would have been another, you know, uh, reinvention. But with, if we do the record, and it, you can just see between the two records that Red Sun Rising did, they're, they're completely different. Um, I'm just a type of person that doesn't like to make the same record over and over again. So when we decided to work on the violent, we're like, let's not do what, a continuation of what we were doing. Let's try to push the envelope and try to find something else. Um, and the pandemic actually allowed us to do that even further by actually restricting us more because we couldn't do what we normally would be comfortable with doing, which, which was get into a room together and just like vibe out some stuff. Right now it was kind of like sharing files and manipulating things electronically. And I, I started writing a lot more um, with like a MIDI keyboard and, and exploring, you know, instead of finding the chords on my acoustic, I was finding the chords on the piano, which just right there is going to change, you know, the way you structure a song and, and, you know, build your harmonies and build, build the, uh, you know, the vibe of the track. So I think, you know, we, we not only wanted to do that but you know the pandemic restrictions allowed us it forced us to to do it even further than we maybe even wanted to yeah and i think you know i've i've said a few times on this podcast like especially for a band that's just forming like you guys were at that time like it really leveled the playing field right like nobody can be out touring so this just gives us a leg up that everybody's stuck at absolutely home. So now we've got this time to really develop what we want to develop. Rush something out, get it out there, and then go tour behind it. Right, exactly. And um, I definitely wish we could release music at a, at a quicker pace than we are now. I mean, we only have four songs out, but at the same time, it's kind of been a blessing um, because we're able to focus on the digital side of things and like figure out more creative ways to entertain our a record and you can't do that. You have to figure out different ways to engage with your fan base. And, you know, I think it's, it's kind of, it's almost cool. And I think you see that in a lot of other genres, you know, you know, hip hop does it a lot and, and um, pop music and alternative music, they'll release little bits where rock music is, tends to do more albums. And but, mm -hmm. but it's because rock bands tour. And when you can't, right. it 
kind of defeats the purpose of like unloading a bunch of music and then not doing anything. So it, it's, it's, I've really enjoyed it because we can kind of put out little bits of music and then see how it reacts and then reassess what the next move is off of that reaction. Yeah. And I think, you know, for people that maybe haven't checked you out yet, it's the perfect time to start checking you out because there is this small metamorphosis between each track that you can go, hey, you know, they didn't really respond to this one. Let's tweak it just a little. And this is where we're going to go sonically and really develop what you know the fan base is attracted to. Right. Rather than, you know, if you give them an entire record and it's like that is the record and you got to try to sell that over <laughs> and over again for two years. Right. So it, I, I actually kind of like this 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 form a little better and i don't I, I again i would like to do it a little more quicker and it put a little more music out um but but yeah it's been it's been fun yeah and i think you know there are people obviously covid fucked with everybody right like there's no getting around that absolutely sucks, but there's so many especially in the music industry i feel like there's so many artists that kind of took it as a woe is me type of situation you know, oh, we can't go out and tour, we can't do this, we can't do that, like, where I think you guys are starting to shine is the, yeah, we can't go out and tour, but fuck it, we're going to do this instead, and we're going to push through and, you know, develop this sound. Yeah, absolutely, and, and if anyone that's ever worked with me would tell you the same thing, that I've always been the type of person that moves the project forward, no matter what I'm in. Um, you know, I was that way with Red Sun Rising and I'm, I'm that way this, this with, with the violent. And it's it's because like I never rest on my laurels. It's like, you know, I've had band members that are like, well, we've done this and this and this. It's like, well, that doesn't matter because that we've already done this, this and this. Like, what do we have to do next? Like, don't worry about that. That's already there. Yeah. And I've just always had that mentality. So I had to take full advantage of that pandemic in my mind or I was just being completely lazy. Yeah, well, and I, I think, you know, especially in the digital age that we're in now, right? Like 30 years ago, maybe you can rest a little bit because the, the process was the same for everyone. But now with the digital age, like, right. it's so easy to get your music out that if you rest for too long, people are just going to be slamming stuff out and you're going to get lost. Yeah, and everybody pretty much has like ADD right now because there's so much music and art coming at them at the, at every second of the day. So it's like yeah. you have to. Yeah, I, I actually uh, just talked about this on an earlier episode. Um, there's a, I think it was from late 2020s when the, the stat came out. But Spotify every day gets 60,000 songs pushed to it like that's insane right so like obviously nobody can keep up with that but if you're not one of the sixty thousand songs you're gonna yeah. get lost pretty quickly oh absolutely and, and you're gonna be forgotten pretty quickly too which is which is also insane and a, and a huge difference with the way the industry is you know even just from the 90s and 2000s yeah. You know, it's just like the pool of, of accessibility of how many acts you can, you can access at once is is massive. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, 
it's it's a double-edged sword obviously like you said you know it's unfortunately you're not able to put it out as fast as you'd like and then hearing you know oh 60,000 songs a day come out like it obviously point because you're like yeah shit now it's been three weeks since we put out a song that's you know however many hundreds of thousands of songs but i think too compared to like you're saying like even back in like you had to fight for radio play and stuff like that and now it's like yeah who, who cares if you're on the radio like don't get me wrong it's a cool bragging point but the radio is not relevant anymore. right <clears throat> yeah i mean i definitely with red sun rising there was more of a radio angle um you know especially being on a label and now with the violent like we own the label we actually started our own label to launch it and the focus has been completely digital and, and focus on streaming and not only streaming but just you know i hate to use the word marketing <laughs> because it sounds like more business on the business side but it really is like you had to we had to focus more on the digital marketing of the band and figure out different ways to engage your fans that weren't just like out there on the radio and and first of all who listens to the radio like honestly it's a it's a very specific type of person a yeah. geographic and it's it's an age group and like yes you should you should not ignore them but you shouldn't completely focus on it anymore that's for sure yeah and i, I think that's the big thing is you know Again, would it be awesome to be featured on K-Rock or, you know, any of the big name ones? Absolutely. But is it a relevant sure. marker anymore, especially when you have, you know, seven different streaming platforms, but then Sirius XM, which you guys were a part of um, on Octane, you know, doing some work with that. So, like, yes. isn't that more relevant in this digital age? Because every car and, now, it seems like. And absolutely, like satellite radio sirius xm i feel like that's like yes it's radio but i feel like it's it's definitely its own beast because it is subscriber based mm -hmm. so i think it definitely i i don't even use that in the same conversation as terrestrial radio um because like you said i think it's it's even more relevant and it's it's definitely different yeah um so let's talk about the the latest single think for yourself um i want to start there just because it's the most recent it may be where people have heard you from obviously you yeah. know closer to this podcast um talk a little bit about you know working through your process you know we've touched on it a little bit but creating that that sonic sound that you wanted to go lyrically with where your direction is um because as we said you know each song has been just a little bit different. You know, it's tweaking pieces to the puzzle. Do you feel like you're getting closer to the big picture already at four songs with this? Or do you feel like there's still work to be done as far as that goes sonically? I mean, we actually have quite a bit of music done. And there's been songs before we them. Like, even after the first track, Fly in the Wall, we had smile like a hostage done and impression done. And then after flying the wall went out and we saw how that react, we actually went back and tweaked those songs that we had already written off as done. Right. So like, I think there'll be more of that happening, even though we have songs that are quote done. Um, and then as we continue to write songs, you know, I think it'll constantly be altering it slightly, which is, 
which is cool because, you know, back in the day, again, you know, even just 10 years ago when people were relying more on albums, you would see a band evolve over four or five albums. You know, if you listen to a band's first album and you listen to their most recent album, they're a lot of times night and day different. But now you can almost evolve over the course of like, you know, 10 songs rather than four albums. Right. And it's it's kind of a really cool process. As long as you accept that challenge and you're willing to evolve and, you know, let yourself move on to the next thing, then I think you're going to be fine. Yeah. And the time for this is bring me the horizon right so every one of their albums is yes. drastically different from the previous but i think to your point like totally especially in the age that we're in now like they can easily go hey here's you know eight to ten to twelve tracks it sounds nothing like the previous one and oh it flopped okay well cool. the next one right exactly you just got to keep pushing you know, through it. 10, 15, 20 years ago, whatever, you put out that album, you're touring on it for at least 18 months, and then you have to put out something else, and you can only go so far different because you know that you're going to be touring on it for so long. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 fascinating to watch that, that change in... I actually like it because I think it it just constantly pumps fresh blood into every writing session that you're doing, every recording session that you're doing, because you're like, okay, we, we accomplished that sound we were kind of aiming for on the last track. Like, let's do something else now. Like, and it, and it always brings this like exciting vibe to, to what you're doing because it's almost always creating something that's a, that's an evolution of what you already did. Um you know, within that is the amount of inspiration you can draw now, you know, like hearing, say, bring me the horizon, come out with a new track. You guys could be recording something and be like, oh, you know what? That's really sick what they're doing here. Maybe we can right. play with ours versus again, years ago, like, cool, we're stuck until the next album. And is that even going to be a relevant sound anymore? Right, exactly. And, and that's, I think, done that over years and especially you know I hate to bring up pop but I, I love pop and I love the fact that they're always all these the biggest artists in the world the one thing I do admire about them is they're always kind of pulling from each other in the moment so like you have this kind of wave of everyone's kind of got a similar sound but not really and it's like oh that's annoying because everybody kind of sounds the same but they're also evolving and over the course of seven songs, singles that they've released, it's all completely different. So even though in that very small moment, you've been like, oh, they all kind of sound the same. They've all figured out a way to like keep evolving and staying relevant. And that's an art in itself that people forget about. Like yeah. there, there's, there's, there's a fine line between staying true to yourself and evolving and staying relevant. And you just have to kind of wrestle that line at all times. Yeah, and I, I think it can be done in a authentic way, right? Because that's that's ultimately the goal. You want to be authentic with what you're putting out. Authentic is a great lyrical, word, yeah. Yeah, wh whether it's the lyrical content, the sonic sound, whatever. 
Um, and I think it, it shows to your point, like, even if you want to look at it from a pop standpoint, you know, let's take Justin Bieber, baby, baby, baby. Right. And, and right. is like that dude is nothing like what he used to be, but his fans have followed Literally him different. that entire time. Right. Yeah. I, I think, you know, for you guys in the rock world, it's, I don't want to say it's easier because I, it, it's not. I think the, the thing in the rock world versus the pop world, pop seems to me to be kind of like what you were getting at. It, it's the new trend, right? Like every single single is a new trend. Rock has these roots and everybody loves a good rock song. So you can be a little cautious at times um, or have maybe like a safety net that fans in the rock realm don't seem to, sh to stray too much because they know you're coming back around. Um, right. So for you guys, obviously, like you said earlier, you don't want to rest on your laurels or, or get comfortable. Um, but do you think that helps or hurts your, your process at all to know that like, well, we have the safety net that we're in the rock world and people just love a good rock song. So we can always fall back to that. I mean, we definitely talk about maybe not, maybe not that exact context, but I'll tell you one thing that kind of goes hands in hand, hand in hand with that is saying, okay, what's going to be the song live that gets everybody hype or gets everybody jumping or everybody, you know, starting a pit like whatever like what is the breakdown part like we talk about that stuff all the time and you know referencing a live show and i think that kind of goes along with what you're saying because like when you go play in front of fans that love rock music they really want to feel those moments yeah. and you have to make a conscious effort to not forget that and forget them when they see you live giving them those parts and and, and giving them exactly what they want to hear Right. Yeah. And I, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, that plays a factor when you're writing the song too, right? Like how technical do we want this to be? Like it can't be so technical on guitar that I have to stand still and focus crazy heavily, you know, and I can't put out that energy versus I know I can shred this without even looking and be jumping around on stage. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. That's, that's a huge factor. And I'm always a fan of simplicity and building, building the complexity out of simple elements. So if I want it to be more complex, I will figure out ways to intertwine and make like a, 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 a landscape that's complex. All the parts inside that complex part are all very simple if you dissect it. Like I'm not going to go shred a sweeping solo on a song. I'm just not going to do it. I'm, I'm going to, I could take all those same notes and break them into different instruments and make it this mesh of, of sound. I would rather do that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's something, you know, that is becoming more prevalent is, you know, I've seen a lot of artists that are bringing back the guitar solo, which is super cool. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, if you just because you can play it in the studio doesn't mean it's going to translate onto a stage totally and and there's always going to be those moments like trust me i grew up 
listening to you know i loved grunge and like big guitars and and i love a good solo when it's like soulfully done i would rather take a soulful like a big bendy raunchy yeah. solo i would take that over solo any day but that's just there, I know there are people that want to hear the real fast stuff too. I, I get that, and I, I appreciate that. Yeah, well, no, I mean that comes down to the artistry, right? Like being an artist yourself, you can look at those super fast technical shreds and go, "Wow, that's fucking talent," you know, and appreciate yeah. it from that aspect. But like you said, like from an emotion standpoint, be more impactful to be that bendy, just soulful. You can tell that their heart is in what they're playing. Totally, totally. Awesome. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Fly on the Wall. Um, looking at the Spotify stats right now, little over a million streams on that track already. Um, what's that? I mean, obviously, just from the numbers, anybody can hear those numbers and be like, wow, that's pretty fucking cool, right? But what's it mean to you being a new project? and having a track that's already at a million streams. I think I think this one means so much more because of the you know the the conditions as as to which it was created and released. Like we released it in a pandemic. We didn't play any shows. We released it on our own label on our own dime you know, without a label, you know, backing us. Um, and so I'm like way more proud of it. Like, even though it may not be as many streams as, you know, even a red sun rising w was getting, it's like, it's still, it was still the first song we ever released under all those conditions. Like I, I, and, and it's amazing to me and I'm, I'm just way more proud of it because of that. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, for, for my side of the industry, you know, the music journalism side of the industry, like to look at a band that only has four tracks out, like you said, not on a major label or anything like that, you know, really starting from scratch in the marketing and development stage to have a song already at a million streams is really almost unheard of. I mean, it just doesn't happen every day. Yeah. For sure and and it's it's definitely it's definitely exciting and we're definitely feeling that that you know buzz from it and and we just wish we could go play now you know yeah well again you know that goes back to that double-edged sword right like it was an advantage to not be able to play these songs because it gave you time to create everything right now that you're getting them out there and people are right. reacting and it's like damn it i need to get out and play these songs So uh, let's uh, kind of change gears a little bit. I want to talk, I think you've got a unique perspective. I want to talk a little bit about coming from a, a label and turning mm -hmm. into to DIY, if you will. I mean, you're doing 98% of it yourself. Um, let's talk a little bit about for fans or, or listeners that are interested in getting into the industry, you know, obviously the goal is always, I want to be on a major label. But sometimes, and I think you can attest to this, sometimes that's just not the right fit for everyone, right? Right, and I think um, there, you'll see a lot of artists starting to, you know, 
do more things on their own, even if they are on a label, maybe do like little side things that are um, under their own kind of company. And, and, and it's just all about how you want to live. Like you can be on a major label and really shoot that lottery and see if you, you become one of the top 5% of, of musicians. Um, and you have to almost outlive your contract at that point because you're going to owe so much money to the record label. They're, they're just pumping money into you. And a lot of that is recoupable, which a lot of people don't understand. So like, yes, it's cool that they paid to get you on, you know, late night TV or whatever they, you know, they're pushing you to do this giant radio campaign, but it's all built. A lot of times it's built into the contract that you're going to owe that back anyway. So you can do not as big of things right away and build it slower and actually make more money personally by doing it on your own and just working harder and learning, you know, Oh, what does that guy do? That guy makes these kind of calls to, to talk to these fucking people. Like I can do that. I just got to learn it and start doing it. Yeah. So just, you know, figure out who's, who's making this money that off of your music and then just cut them out by learning how to do their job better. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, obviously that's not to say that all labels are, are toxic or anything like that. Or even that you're right. Exactly. You know, I, and, and, and thankfully, like we've been on a, two great labels like Razor and Tie and Fearless were like, I actually love them. So I, you know, that's, you know, you can have great experiences. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I, I think to your point, you know, what a lot of people don't realize is like what you were saying. Oh, they're they're on the radio now. The label must have done that. Well, yes, the label obviously had a hand in all of that. But in a roundabout way, I'm paying the label to do that thing. So it's not like, oh, they got me on the radio right. and that just means I get more money. It means they get more money. Exactly. And I mean, at the end of the day, like a lot of people, you know, young artists, um, the easiest way to look at what a label is, is they're your bank. Like mm -hmm. you are a small business and they are a bank that's going to fund you and help where to spend that money to grow your business yeah. and if you if you you hate to look at art that way because you know but that's what it is in the music business you know um, and i'm an artist artist i love being an artist um, but i also am addicted to you know the business side of it too it, it's fun for me so not it's not for everyone to try to do it diy let's put it that way yeah, for sure. And I, I think a lot of artists, as they come up, get burned out on the business side. And that's why they don't end up making it is it's a shitload of work. Calling bookers yourself to route a tour to it impress, is it's a lot of work. All of that stuff is when it falls on one person or, you know, the small team in the band, like you don't realize, oh, this is truly a plus me playing music. Right, exactly, exactly. Because at the end of the day, you know, you can't lose sight of why you're doing it in the first place, which was to make music, which is really not that serious. It's a lot of fun. And you can't lose sight of that. And it, once you do, then you're fucked. Yeah. So you can't do that. Yeah, and I think, you know, that's that's where that burnout comes in, right? Like, that's why so many bands go on hiatus or end up breaking up and things like that is you get to that point of when did 
playing music stop being fun. You know, we all start it right because exactly. It's fun. It's it's a great time. We love hanging out with our friends. But then at some point, so many artists get to that point of this isn't fun anymore. Why am I doing it? Yeah. And that's a sad time. And, and, you know, I I've seen people get to that moment. You know, I've been at that moment before when I was like, I don't know why I'm still doing this and I have to remind myself. And then there's always some kind of, there's always some kind of breakthrough that comes in at the last minute that like pulls me out of that mental state. So I'm hoping, you know, I'm, I'm wondering the day, is there ever going to be a day where that, that surprise thing doesn't come back in to save me. I don't know. And I hope, I hope not, but you know, I've been, I've been lucky so far. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, hopefully not putting words in your, your mouth, but I think one of the things that I picked up on for you, you know, coming through the COVID year and having to relearn how to do all this stuff as far as, you know, writing more digitally. And like you said, like, sharing files and things like that, it also kind of gives you a skill set that now you can fall back on that if I start to lose my passion for creating my own music, can I maybe help somebody else make theirs as far as production or, you know, mixing, things like that? Yeah, absolutely. And I've definitely even done some of that during the pandemic because I had a little more time. I, you know, I've, I've produced some bands. I've, I've done some, like, songwriting. Um you know, written some songs with some people, you know, I, I've done a, a, a handful of like extra things on the side that I wouldn't probably have done if it wasn't for the pandemic. So, you know, again, the pandemic sucked in so many ways and I just always try to focus on the silver lining and I, I'm, I'm very, I'm very driven and I, I will like, if you're on my team, I'm going to like really push you hard but I'm pretty optimistic at the end of the day. Yeah, and I, I think though, for me anyway, those kind of go hand in hand, right? Like a driven person should be optimistic that there's a reason that they're driving forward and going after these things. Um, and I think for- Is why would you want to drive, you know? Right, right. So like, I think for me, what I'm hearing, you know, for you is that optimism is that I'm driving towards something better all the time. And that's not to say, like you said earlier, like there's going to be bad days. There's going to be times when shit gets heavy or, you know, like the passion starts to die. But if you can keep that spark going of, I, I can do better, you know, there's something else that I can do. There's another step I can take, you know, it's, I don't want to say it's easy to be driven, and I think you could attest to that, but it helps give you that little bit of extra motivation to keep pushing and getting to where you want to go. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. So I think uh, next I want to talk a little bit about um, the Sirius XM Octane uh, deal that you guys got to, to take part yeah. in. You know, that's a, a really cool thing. Again, for a band that is relatively new to the scene, if you will, um, even though you've been around, for you guys to be able to jump on to this Series XM, uh, it was on Octane, right? Right. So 
talk a little bit about what went into to this because this is really kind of the first time you got to really perform the songs in a quote-unquote live setting yeah i mean we we definitely had talked about um doing a live stream um we started seeing a lot of other bands doing a live stream um and doing it successfully and we're like man we wouldn't it be cool because this whole band has just been completely digital and we're kind of mysterious in a way we, we don't show our faces a lot as far as just our you know the persona of the violent and it's like wouldn't it be cool to to have our first show be digital too and um you know we have mentioned that our manager mentioned that too um to Siri or yeah Sirius XM people and they were like we love that idea we want to be on board you know we we they've been huge supporters from the first single which has been amazing and when they when they wanted to really take it on and and make it a thing um we're like okay now we have a platform now we have to take this seriously and we have to you know deliver them something great and and we invested into making that what it was like like we we put that together our team put that together we found the people to make that production look like that and that was a lot of work and it was just a lot of stressful <laughs> conversations and especially when you talk about dropping that kind of money but yeah. it's it's like look let's really do this like let's let's not put our product out there and make it look like shit like let's we 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 need to you know do our due diligence to put our art out there in the right way and um and, and we're, we're just really happy with it and and honestly the best part about that whole thing was just being able to play the songs live with my bandmates again like honestly <laughs> that was like such an amazing thing yeah and i i for me the key thing that you said there you know paraphrasing it a little bit is if we're going to put out our art and do this this live show to you know live stream show i guess like we're not just gonna half-ass it like it has to be up to our standards and i think that shows Absolutely. the authenticity and the passion you have for the art that you're creating because if i'm just gonna phone it in what's the point of me even doing it exactly and and i think uh not saying a lot of bands didn't do that and like obviously some bands have different types of resources and and you have to work within the confines of those resources but you know i i don't take myself very seriously i've said this a million times i'm always joking i'm a sarcastic person but i do take my art seriously and that's that's one thing i take seriously and i want to make sure that i'm always you know putting my best foot forward when it comes to the the art side of things yeah and i i think to your point there uh you know one of the biggest live streams that happened during covid was uh dropkick murphy's at fenway park but Oh yeah, that was sick. Yeah, but not everybody's dropkick Murphys. You know what I mean? Like, no, right, very few exactly. people are going to get that opportunity. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't take, you know, that third of that opportunity that you can do and just maximize everything out of it. Right, and I think I think people like you know if 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 there is a young artist like listening, I think if you if you're intimidated by that, like oh you know. I don't have very many resources. I just have my, my mom's garage. That doesn't mean shit. Like you can go in there in your mom's garage and make amazing music and like take the time to make that 
garage look as cool as you possibly can make it. And people understand that. People understand, like, this guy had only that fucking garage. And look what he did. So there's, there's that method, too. Like, you could totally do that. Yeah, and I, I think that just falls back to what we've talked about a few times now is the authenticity. If people can tell that you're being authentic with what you're doing, even though you didn't have all the same resources, that's not going to matter. Like, they're going to see that passion and be like, well, we want to check out what else the, these guys are doing. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about, uh, I just got the email, I think it was, looks like this morning. Uh, you guys are going to be on Louder Than Life. Uh, talk a little bit about getting that opportunity. For people that maybe don't know what Louder Than Life is, it is one of the biggest rock festivals that exists. Um, so talk a little bit about yeah. being being the new kids on the block, quote unquote, and going, hey, we're here. Yeah, I mean, it was like, <laughs> it, it was it was, it was was a festival that we had done, I think, two or three times with Red and Rock. No. Our whole goal wasn't necessarily Louder Than Life. It was kind of like, if we're going to play live in front of people for the first time, this goes back to like doing everything as best as we possibly can. We're like, we don't want to just, we're either going to do a show that's like super small in a dive bar and just like pack it out and make it just crazy and, and, and just, you know, blow out the, the venue because it's just like so tiny and just do it that way. Or we're going to do it on a big stage. Like it was one or the other. We weren't going to just like half-ass, just go play a random couple shows. It was going to be one of those two things. And when, you know, the camp at louder than life, uh, graciously, you know, invited us to play. We're like, that's, that's, that's it. We're, that's going to be our first live performance in front of people. We're going to do it at louder than life. And, and then, and then we get to do the other part too. Like we're going to do like real, two real small club dates afterwards, which is going to be fun as hell because we're, we're going to have. Yeah. And I think for anyone that doesn't know, you know, about louder than life, again, it's one of the biggest rock festivals, but uh, it's put on by Danny Wimmer presents. And like that dude is such a yeah. fucking visionary and really has an eye for. Absolutely. Talent and can Pulse him and like Kevin Lyman back for for Warp Tour, you know, like either of those yeah. guys, if they give you their stamp, you're golden. They've they've seen something in you. Yeah, Danny's, um, you know, he he definitely gave Red Sun Rising a lot of love over the years, and I'm just so glad that he is, you know, accepting this new project and 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 loves it. Um, you know, he didn't have to do that. We were kind of like like by the time we were we were talking about playing live shows. He'd already kind of had stuff booked. You know, we were added real late to Loud in Life. He got us, he made that work. So um, we're just, we're stoked about that. And and yeah, like you said, he's a, he's a true visionary and he's like, he needs his props because he's, he's delivered a lot of great shows for a lot of people. Yeah, for sure. Um, so those, those two club shows for anyone that's curious, you know, maybe you're not going to go out to, Louder Than Life, which is in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, you've got Akron, Ohio at Musica, and then Columbus, Ohio the following night at Roomba Cafe. Yeah, and they're going to be just like smaller cap 
intimate shows and it's going to be a blast. Um, obviously with the COVID stuff, like we, we kept it very minimal on the shows and, um, you know, I think both of those venues are showing, you know, you got to show a vaccine card and, and, uh, or a negative test. And, you know, that's a small price to pay to go see a show right now. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, for anyone, I don't want to get political about it because it, it shouldn't be a political thing. Right. But right. for anyone that's, exactly. that's pissy that you have to take a test and show that you're not sick to go to a show, like, think about the first world problem that that really is and then shut up and just take the test. Right. <laughs> I know. I know. Right. Awesome, man. Um, so let's talk, you know, as we kind of wrap up here, what's in store for you guys? Obviously we've got these couple little shows. Um, what's the vision for you for the rest of 2021 uh, coming out of those shows? Um, you know, honestly, I don't want those to be the only shows of 2021, but I just don't know yet. Cause like we're, we've been really conservative just because the way things are heading and, and not everything's crystal clear on what the next six months will look like as yeah. far as, you know, again, COVID. And, um, so like, obviously we want to tour our ass off, but at the same time, you know, we want to just do it when it makes sense. Uh, for everybody, including ourselves, um, not only with COVID, but like, you know, financially too, it's like, it's, people don't realize it costs a lot of money to go tour, you know, just as much money as you make every night, that same amount of money to travel to each date and pay your crew and pay your, it's like, there's a lot of shit that goes into a tour. So it's like, we want to keep it tight, probably stay conservative. So we, that may only be the, the, the three live shows that we play till the end of the year, but if it is, we're just going to keep focusing on writing more music and stockpiling that music and, and continue to build this brand. But one thing I can tell you is that we're, we're never not working on music. So it's like, whatever happens, there's going to be a lot more music from the violent coming out um, in, the, in the near future. Yeah. And something I want to touch on briefly with the, uh, the tour, I've made this comment before on the show and to friends and, and just concert goers in general, like, that tip jar on the merch table isn't them just trying to screw you out of more money. Like there right. are that is legitimately whether or not you guys eat that night or get gas to get to the next city. Totally. So I definitely want people, you know, obviously we want people to be safe, right? So get out to a show if you can, but be be cautious conscious of that. That like an extra $5 or whatever it is that you can spare, like actually does go to them to, to keep doing this and get out to the next show or to get food right. that night. Or, you know, especially when you're not on a major label, like sleeping in the van sucks for long periods of time. So like you may be the reason that they can get a hotel room one night and that's going to make all the difference. Oh yeah. 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 Especially when you're like, down in the south in the middle of summer Ooh. in a van with no AC, which I've done a million times, and you smell the piss bottles all night <laughs> from your bandmates. Like, it's just, that stuff gets so so rancid. Again, something people don't think about. They think tours all this glorious stuff, but like legitimately, as a DIY band, there are Gatorade bottles and water bottles just full oh, yeah, of oh, yeah. in that van. <laughs> 
Awesome, man. So let's, uh, kind of for the wrap up here, let's talk just real quick. If you were to tell your fans or the people listening to this, three bands that you're listening to right now that need ours, who are you throwing out for them? Hmm. Uh, one band that I actually started really to love during the pandemic um, because they were just constantly releasing music was Nothing But Thieves. Uh, they're a band out of the UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're kind of like an alternative like indie rock band, but um, you can see them like pushing their own envelope, and it's just it was just fun to watch them do that. Um, and then uh, I listened to like a lot of um, first of all, I listen to the Beatles like still all the time. I always listen to the Beatles, <laughs> but like as far as like as far as like new bands like. You know, what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just like, I'm gonna cheat and like look up. I'm gonna look up my history here. Hold on, yeah. because like I'm terrible about stuff. Like some of the bands, were... yeah, nothing. Teenage Rip stuff lately, um, and I actually really love. I mean, I love Nine Inch Nails, but yeah. I, I think his the stuff that Trent's been doing lately has actually been pretty sick, and it's like got a chill energy, but it's still heavy at the same time. Yeah. So I've been listening to a lot of that. Um, that dude, uh, Trent is Biffy Biffy Clyro. I don't know if you did you ever listen to Biffy Clyro? Yeah, yeah. Biffy Clyro is like they 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 kind of like. I kind of like discover them like late in the game. They're like a UK. I think they're from Scotland or something, but they're, they're pretty sick, like three piece band. Like they got some cool shit. Yeah, for sure. And I don't know how anybody listening to this doesn't know Trent Reznor of nine inch nails. Right. right like, exactly. If you don't know who he is, like go check out that, that dude, that the band in general, but like look at some of the stuff he's done. Like he's, fucking done movie scores and stuff like that like oh yeah that dude is Guy's brilliant. a fucking genius uh and you know it's been a few i say a few years back uh it's probably been like eight or ten years ago maybe longer than that they were getting ready to release an album and their label was being shitty about some of the stuff so trent Reznor was actually leaving usb drives with songs in bathrooms of the venues that they were going to be playing at and shit to re- that's like, so ahead to of leak, its time though yeah it's to like, leak the so album it, it was amazing yeah. that's sick yeah he's a fucking visionary in himself so uh that's everything i've got obviously we're going to link all your socials and everything but find you how you know what's the best place to interact with you guys you're pretty active uh on social media so let them know what's up yeah we're pretty much active uh on on you know the big three for sure facebook twitter and instagram like we're definitely um the most active on those three i'd say so yeah hit us up um you know tell us that you came because of this podcast we'd love to see it and uh say hello awesome man well i'm excited for you know new music uh, I just found out about you guys fairly recently, so that was cool. Nice. Um, but I'm definitely going to try. We'll see what happens, you know, obviously with COVID and everything, and hopefully it'll go 
uh, with no issues. But uh, Columbus isn't terribly far away from me, so I'm going to try to get out to that show possibly. Oh, where are you at? I'm in Indiana, just about an hour north of Indianapolis. Oh, nice. All right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just, so, I actually just moved from Chicago. Okay. I yeah. lived in Chicago for like eight years and I, I just moved to Florida. So I'm like temporarily um, like living with family until like we find our, our a new place down here. But yeah. Yeah. It's so, not so bad. It's hot as hell, but. <laughs> well, the thing with Florida weather for if anybody is still listening or if I even leave this part in the thing with Florida weather really is though, like, if you give it about 15, 20 minutes, there's probably a storm coming, so it'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. Uh, awesome, man. That's everything I've got for you. I really appreciate it. This will actually be going up uh, next week, so the 25th of this month, so about, an, about a month before uh, awesome. that Columbus show. So cool, man. I appreciate your time. Thanks for doing this. Sick, man. Well, that was that, – yeah, that was a great conversation, man. I appreciate uh, appreciate you having me. Yeah, absolutely. We'll be in touch, man, for sure. All right. Have a good one. Sure. Later. And that was my conversation with Mike. Um, again, as always, you know, hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. Um, I think, again, it's really cool insight, you know, having somebody coming off a major label and starting a new project and going back to the DIY roots and the the knowledge that they have now um, to kind of better direct themselves or, you know, for lack of a, a better term, to protect themselves to some degree um, and not maybe get taken advantage by a label that doesn't really believe fully in the artistry of the project, but in the marketability of it. Um, and there's a, a big difference in that. So... Uh, as I told Mike there at the end, I'm really looking forward to the new music that they're working on. Um, super stoked for him that they're able to go back out on uh, Louder Than Life or that they got invited out to Louder Than Life. Um, as I said in the episode there, you know, it's hands down one of the largest rock festivals in the world, really. Uh, but in the U.S. for sure, there's there's not much that competes with it. Um, you know, a three day weekend in Kentucky and it's just, it's madness. Um, so really glad that they're going to be able to, to kind of get a little bit of a showcase, uh, opportunity there. And, you know, it's a great place for any festival really is a great place for fans to discover new music or, you know, find artists that they hadn't listened to before, or maybe they we're on the fence about, you know, do they put on a good enough show for me to want to, you know, go see them on a headlining tour or whatever. Uh, it's a great opportunity. So uh, really appreciate Mike taking the time to do that conversation with me. Um, really appreciate, you know, as always, anytime an artist takes extra time out, you know, we talked for little over an hour um so for him to to make that time in the day it's always really appreciated um and yeah i hope you guys got something out of it maybe you're gonna go over and check out the uh the spotify or apple or whoever you stream through and uh you can check out you know 
a few of the songs that we talked about already. Um, Think for Yourself is the newest single. They dropped Impression earlier this year. Uh, And then last year they had Fly on the Wall, which is over a million streams already, which is for a band that's only got four or five songs out right now, that is insanely unheard of, guys. So definitely get out there. Check them out. Um, let us know and let them know if you listened to the episode, if you liked it. Um, you know, hopefully some new fans are coming to them off that conversation. And, you know, we'll, we'll do everything we can to help them out. Um, and like I told Mike there at the end as well, hoping to get to that Columbus show that's not terribly far away from me. Um, you know, A, who doesn't love live music? But B, you know, getting out to do some photography for them would be really cool and, you know, officially meet Mike face-to-face versus across Zoom. Uh, But yeah, that's everything I've got for you guys this week. So to take you out this week, I'm going to use the new single, Think For... Excuse me. Think For Yourself. Uh, Don't know why I got tongue-tied there. Think For Yourself just dropped a little over a week ago now um and yeah you guys can check it out on spotify apple wherever you stream music um this is the violent with think for yourself remember guys take care of yourselves take care of each other and you make the scene